What's up guys, you already know what's going on. This is Andrew, and you're listening to Genuine Radio. I'm here today with two of my friends, Tamara and Denton. Thank you very much for joining me today. You're welcome. And I want to talk about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's been going on over the past month. So first we're going to touch on, you know, the protests um, and, you know, the effects of the effects it has been having so what 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 change what changes have you guys seen um you know as an effect of of these protests i think the most like notable change that i've seen has been on social media because even for people that don't support the black lives matter movement i feel like it's a good like way to support the movement without actually supporting the movement Mm -hmm. you know there are a lot of people that are actually supporting the movement but even for people who aren't and just want to say that they are like blackout tuesday it's a really easy way (laughs) um so like personally i follow a lot of black accounts like melanin queens melanin shade room the shade room um and there's just like a lot of posts about um police brutality injustices as well as like um empowering black posts you know so that's where i see a lot of the protests have really drawn attention to the black lives matter movement on a national scale and that's where i see um it manifest the most indeed now now denton you've been um avidly posting on your your page you've used your platform to to really you know as a, as a source of you know information about what's going on and not not just on your story on your actual Instagram page not everyone's doing that so what inspired you to you know really take that um, on well at first once once I started seeing this really grow on social media I thought I can't let myself be silenced you know because if you just sit here thinking all right, I'm sure that everybody else will do it. And I'm looking at, I'll look at what everybody else is posting, but then you're not making your voice heard, then that's, it seems like a waste to me, in my opinion, at least. So I knew that I do have valuable things to say. My experiences as a black man in America are as valid as anybody else's. Mm -hmm. And so I just think I've had a lot of thoughts recently on the movement in general, on people in general, and I figure it would be a waste not to share it. And I figure that if I can't make it to every single protest, then the least I can do is use my platform for good and use it for more than 24 hours to spread a message. Yeah. So, you know, um, when we were going to record the podcast the other day, I was going through your Instagram because you post a lot of black power stuff and a lot of informational stuff so i was like you know i need to read up on all this stuff so i really admire like what you post on instagram i think it's really awesome yeah so you know i really admire everything you've been um doing like tamara said and you know during this time we've seen the difference between real and fake allies you know people who just posted the black square and went on about their day versus people who are avid posters who who are actually concerned about black lives you know people who 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 have black friends and are fighting for them so you know i guess this is a message to people who who just are, want the social media clout yeah yeah that's it, this is not a trend right so it's important to like keep going because if you're if you really care about the issue you would keep fighting for it and on that on that topic of black squares, I could say a lot about this, but I'll try to keep it short because the the black squares happened around a week after the George Floyd the George Floyd movement really started a, about a week after his killing. And so, if you claim to be posting that black square because you wanted to raise awareness, that begs the question: Where was that will to raise awareness seven days ago? Mm-hmm. And then after the black squares were posted, it was revealed: Hey, you guys should really not use this Black Lives Matter hashtag. So it would be really cool if you could either delete it or re-upload it on a different hashtag. Yeah. And from that point, I started seeing people deleting the black square and then not reposting anything, mm-hmm. not either reposting it under the different hashtag or just not reposting it in general. So. It leads me to think that if you're going to post a black square on your Instagram, not on your story, on your Instagram where it will be forever, but you're not willing to re-upload something with maybe some helpful resources or to raise awareness about just how oppressive 
America has been to us, then that tells me that your concern isn't raising awareness, it's doing the bare minimum to look good on social media and that your 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 social media aesthetic is what well, my life is worth. Yeah. Yes. I also um, think about that a lot when it comes to like real and fake allies because I have a lot of white friends, you know, mm. at my job, which is really my friend group now because um, I go to school out of state. You know, everyone who works there is white, in, uh, at least in my department, besides me and another black uh, man who works there. And, you know, I just feel like, you know, some of them aren't super avid posting. Most of them aren't super avid posting on the story. And I actually had a conversation with one of my coworkers and she was saying how she doesn't want to post on social media because she's never done it before and she doesn't want um, to seem like fake or like she's not being genuine about it. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me think, you know, if not all of my friends and most of my friends being white are not aren't posting about this, like, am I supposed to cut off all my friends because of that? You know, I'm, how how aggressive should I be about posting on social media and showing your support for Black Lives Matter because it's not all about posting on social media. You can be signing petitions and be donating and maybe you're just not saying it, but, you know, I just, I feel conflicted sometimes because, you know, being someone that has a lot of quote-unquote ally friends, whether they are or they aren't, it's really, it can be confusing because you feel like you're in the dark, not really knowing where they stand on issues like this. Yes, definitely. At that point, I would say two things. I would say in terms of standing in the dark, I think that this moment right now, whenever anybody's listening to this, right now is the perfect time to start the conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to wait for it to be revealed where someone is standing, even if it's somebody you haven't talked to in a while. I did that the other day with one of my friends. You wanna start the conversation because best case scenario, you find out where they stand, they're an ally, great. Worst case scenario, they're not an ally. Now you start the conversation, you start the discussion. Notice I didn't say argument, I said discussion mm -hmm. because you have to start with understanding in order to have a an impactful discussion with somebody. So you have to start the discussions. And in terms of social media and posting, not posting, I get that there's definitely a lot of pressure for people to be posting or else you look fake. I understand that. And where that comes in is I would recommend reach out to somebody. Reach out to somebody and if you're unsure, ask, hey, I want to post but I'm kind of nervous. What can I do to be an ally, you know? I think that reaching out whether you're trying to find out if somebody is an ally or trying to find out how to help is never a bad thing. And if you you don't want to post, then write a letter, write a physical letter to your representative, your senator, whoever yes, has yes. the power. Physical letters can go a long way, especially right now. You know, another thing when you say like that, like allies, you know, ask us questions. Another problem that arises is you being the face of the race, mm. which has been a real issue for me going to a school where there are less than 10 black people in the entire high school, mm -hmm. you know, and me being the only person who's really fighting for my life as a black woman, people come to me and ask me questions and, you know, I don't want to answer them. Yeah. Honestly, I really yeah. don't. I don't <laughs> feel like it. I don't, maybe I don't know when she asked me, like, it, should I be doing that? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't have all the answers for you. Yeah. Um, just because I'm black does not make me God of the Black Lives Matter yeah. movement. Yeah. You know, I'm sh there are a lot of people out there. There, there are a lot of people out there that are willing to answer your questions and that are happy to. But not everyone is, and I think that there's a lot of pressure, especially on black youth, to be educated and be able to answer these questions for their allied friends or mm -hmm. white people, um, was it non-black people of color? Yes. You know, I think that's a real issue. And I was also talking to my friend about this. Um, like, a lot of black people don't have the resources to say, to stay educated about the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, we're yeah. all fortunate enough to, you know, live in a safe area depending on mm. what you deem as safe <laughs> as a black person in America. But, you know, 
um, we're like in a pretty middle class area. Yeah. There's not a lot of crime. We're not super over police, you know. So there are a lot of people that don't have access to resources to educate themselves about what's going on. And I just think there's a lot of pressure on the black community to be the answer to white people's questions. Indeed. And I feel like, you know, those people should be able to, instead of asking another black person, educate yourself. Go yes. on. Listen, yes. this is yes. 2020. We have Google <laughs> at your fingertips. Yes. Go inside Google, right? <laughs> Research these different things and educate yourself. Like, yes. it's not that hard. Yes. It is not yes, that yes, hard. Yes. So, next, I guess we should move on to the black dollar. And we've seen how, you know, our money has influenced these different decisions, especially the um, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben, you know, controversies that arose over the past few weeks. And, you know, these companies definitely knew, you know, what their, their, their symbols stood for. And they're just, they're just now, um, you know, changing it, making action about it. So what do you guys think about that? Let's talk about the Mississippi flag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did y'all see that? Yeah. The Mississippi flag. That's crazy. Yeah. I think it's really great, though, because I think it encourages, especially people, black people of color, to research the history behind things. Like, I've seen uh, athletes refuse to, one, I think she was a runner, refused to wear her school's jersey because it said Robert E. Lee on it. This mm-hmm. Um, he might have been a, a football player for the state or in college who refused to play in Mississippi because he didn't want to represent his state with a flag like that before yeah. it changed. So I think it promotes a lot of positive change in removing... I don't want to say removing slavery from our history, but removing reminders of the Confederacy. Yes. That yes. Or removing symbols that glorify the confederacy Mm -hmm. from our society and especially with all these statues being taken down of confederate soldiers and slave owners i read something i don't know if this is true but um they told us that george washington's teeth were made out of wood but they were all actually made out of his slave's teeth Hmm. please look that up i don't know if that's true but it's just like a lot of stuff is um coming to the surface and we're actually doing something about it which i think is really great honestly yes and i think that all this rebranding should serve as a reminder to everyone just how much of this is ingrained in our society and is still ingrained in our society because had this movement not started had this movement not begun none of this would have changed we are the ones who made this change and think about as tamara says on the surface think about how much of that iceberg is still underwater and so even things like i've been reading about this ice cream truck song the origin of the uh dunk tank how they would have black people on the seats and you throw it if you hit the person they go in the origin of eeny meeny miny mo all these things that are still part of daily american life that just we need to remember the foundation of this country yeah and i hope that all this rebranding serves as a reminder to that foundation yes indeed indeed yeah also like just things that have happened in history that are being brought to light like how they whitewash different like uh significant historical figures like Beethoven mm-hmm. was black um, and also that they used to have like black people in cages at a zoo mm-hmm. like that's not so far-fetched like I believe it <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. believe it I believe so it much they used to do that not just to black people indigenous um, members of America before they came over and colonized everything um, I just think it's really important for people to be aware of where America or where this white supremacist ideology really came from. Yes, yes. And we've also seen, you know, people canceling, quote unquote, these different um, companies because um, they've either been like supporting the Trump campaign. um, They don't support the Black Lives Matter movement or they use prison labor for their, you know, their products. So... You know, we've seen an emergence of the importance of, you know, buying black and buying black into black businesses and supporting black artists and stuff like that. 
So, Tamara. Yeah, you know, I was um, doing some research. I love buying black, by the way. I love um, buying apparel. Yeah, I lo- I know a lot of, like, black restaurants and, you know, different black businesses are um, being advertised more. But personally, I love to buy clothes, and I know a lot of other people do, and especially, like, um, pro-black shirts and jackets and stuff. So some of my favorite black businesses personally are the Carter brand, which I've bought from before, and a lot of their stuff is on sale because they're selling out. I think they might be going out of business soon, which is unfortunate, but if you need something, you should buy from there. Black10.com, I love their stuff. Um, I just actually bought three shirts from them because they're having a sale, three for $25. If you're into HBCUs, the university closet is good, and also I've bought from myprideapparel.com they have a really nice stuff it's they have really nice stuff it's pretty pricey um but you know support black businesses you know um it's really important because i was watching a video about you know the lifetime of the black dollar and this speaks about how a lot of like our hair stores are owned by asians and i found that the lifetime of the dollar in a white community is 17 days and the lifetime of a dollar in the black community is six hours Wow! so what the lifetime of a dollar is is how long that dollar stays within a community so how long my dollar will belong to me and say Andrew before he buy something say at like walmart or a small bakery owned by white people so i just think that's really important to think about and you know be conscious of where you spend your money but also don't completely limit yourself to black businesses because we're still on the come up and you know you can't get everything that you need from black businesses it's okay to go to walmart because you know we're all broke (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's just something important to keep in mind when you're thinking like oh i really want a shirt or a sweatshirt you know why not buy from black businesses i also know that there's a website called webuyblack.com i personally haven't bought anything off of there but I know that my coworker has because she told me about it. So that's kind of like a one-stop shop for clothes, books, toys, um, hair care products just from black businesses. And I also know that Etsy is a good place to go to find different black um, sellers that are selling product if you really want to support um, maybe not established, well-established black businesses. Yes. That's, you know, it, that's a very good point, you know, very good points you bring up. You know, we, we have to support each other, you know, as we're, we're, we're building ourselves up. And one thing I want to say just on the note of the talk of supporting ourselves and supporting the black community, I haven't witnessed this personally, but I've seen much of this on social media, unfortunately. And you cannot say Black Lives Matter and then berate a black trans woman or a black trans man or a black gay woman even if you're black even if you're black even if you are black even if you're black especially if you are black but for everybody because especially right now we must stick together and unify no matter where we are no matter who we are no matter what we identify with because it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it really doesn't black lives matter that's why we're saying it that's why we're echoing it that's why we're shouting and losing our voice over it black lives matter and those are black people so unless you think that a a black trans woman is not a person or a black trans person i should say is not a black person then you must check yourself you must reevaluate where your morals are i just want to make that very clear and even not just black people that are part of the trans community black people that are part of the lgbtq yes, community in yeah. general yes. it's really you know looked down upon in the black community to be gay which i think is completely mind-boggling yes. because we are oppressed people so mm-hmm. what right do we have to go and oppress another people yes. you know it's like i've honestly so i go to school in the south and i've met pe- black 
men that are homophobic and i i just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me one guy told me that he would beat up a gay team member because he was gay the other one told me that it's because that's what the bible says that being gay is a sin using religion to justify homophobia um slavery racism is just complete bs and honestly that's one of my problems with the church which is a completely different conversation but you know i think it's really cowardice to hide behind religion instead of facing whatever problems you have within yourself mm -hmm. yeah you know and using that as an excuse to hate on another community i think it's completely unacceptable and if you think that black gay lives don't matter and that black lives matter is exclusive only to black straight lives then you're in the wrong movement and yes. you don't need to be fighting yes. with us yeah if you previously thought that way and you're you know ready to educate yourselves then i commend you like that's that's really where we need to be going and you know if you've are homophobic and you're looking to not be homophobic please do that i don't want anyone to feel like this isn't a safe space especially black people this isn't a safe space to educate yourselves and have conversations with people that don't have the same opinions as you yeah yeah and you know during this movement we, we've also seen you know going off that some names have been amplified more than others you know lgbtq plus um names haven't been mentioned as much black women names haven't been me mentioned as much so that's something we have to look at as a society you know why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about black women. Let's all go. Right? Let's talk about Ayanna Dior, who is a black trans woman who was beaten by black men because she got into a fender bender. Let's talk about Tamla Horsford, who was killed with five children. Let's talk about Breonna Taylor, who was shot sleeping in her home, but her um, assaulters? The policemen who policemen. killed her have not been charged or convicted. Let's talk about Tatiana Jefferson. There are so many people that are black women that are not getting the same attention that other black people that are victims of police brutality are. Yeah. And I think it's really... Um, represents us as a society in a negative way because... Breonna Taylor was an EMT and she was killed sleeping in her home. And not to say anything bad about George Floyd, but George Floyd did a lot of bad stuff. And, you know, he was, he's the face of our movement. But to, you know, say George Floyd's name so much more than we're talking about Breonna Taylor is really, it's really not okay. I was yeah. listening to some speeches made at a protest and. They're saying names of victims of police brutality, and one of the names was a female, and it was Breonna Taylor. We should not only know Breonna Taylor because she was very big in the media. That's not okay. George Floyd is a household name now, and Breonna Taylor should be up there too, along with the countless other black females that have black females and black trans women who have lost their lives to police brutality and you know brutality from their own community let's talk about mm. alua toy and salau who was oh my god sexually assaulted posted it on her social media and then went missing and was found murdered and the suspect is a black man as a black woman we are fighting the police and we are fighting our own community. We are fighting our own men. We are fighting our own women. Okay, it's not okay. We need to combat this, these negative stereotypes and these negative expectations that are put on black women. And maybe they're not negative. Maybe they're meant to be positive and your intentions are in the right place, but it's just not okay to expect black women to be caretakers. You know, I was watching a video about um, the black superwoman complex and how in TV shows and you know other media black women are always supposed to be the ones that are saving everyone and that carry the most painful burden but you know still somehow have to be successful and look out for their white counterparts and the sad thing is is that 
this carries over into real life. Yeah. You know, this is how we're portrayed in the media and how what we see on TV, as much as we don't like to admit it, really impacts how we view the world and how we act in the world. Absolutely. And it's not okay that this is how we're portrayed in very popular TV shows like Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. Both um, Carrie Washington and Viola Davis's characters go through incredible amounts of pain but are still expected to take care of everyone and i think that you know having this idea that young black girls are growing up with is you know really damaging to them and how they view themselves in this world i think that as you know black men as fellow black women as black children it's really important that we do our best to dismantle this idea because we should allow black women to be delicate. Mm -hmm. We should allow black yeah. women to be vulnerable. We should allow black women to be soft. And we just have this stereotype that we're loud and hard and ghetto when, you know, people just don't know us. We're portrayed negatively in the media in all types of different fashions. And we're very misunderstood as a community. So... I think that it's just very important to realize that, recognize that, and do your best to, you know, combat this and, you know, let a black woman be... Yourself. Exactly. Let me yeah. be myself. I don't have to, you know, wear big hoops and party mm -hmm. all the time and have all these guys around me to be a black woman, you know? I can be educated and be a black woman. I can be intelligent and be a black woman. I can be a businesswoman. I can be strong. I can be a boss. Like, I, I can be all these things that, you know, may typically be masculine, and you see me and you think I'm loud and bossy and an angry black woman, when that's not what I am. I'm a black woman, yes, but that doesn't make me a stereotype because I'm upset about being oppressed my whole life. How's yeah. that? Black women no, no, are, it, it is. You know, everything you said is really important. Black women are human. Mm -hmm. I was reading this one thing where a, a nurse or a doc, someone in the medical you know profession, they they were like, oh, black black women don't feel pain. Yep. Mm -hmm. What? We are human. They are humans, right? Black women are humans. How everyone feels pain? That makes no sense. And to 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 have in a nurse, someone in the health industry, <laughs> take that. <gasps> I I saw this this one this one situation where there was a woman who was in the hospital, a black woman, mm -hmm. and she had her baby in the bed. She was recording. I think she was on Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. And she said that she was waiting and she was requesting, heavily requesting, demanding attention for her child as she was watching the monitor decline, as her, her newborn's heart rate declined. And the newborn's heart rate went to zero. Wow. The heart rate was zero. The doctors let her baby die, and they didn't do anything. And it took them so long. And even when the child's heart rate was at zero, the baby, the infant's, it was an infant. The infant's heart rate went to zero. And their nurses still took their sweet little time until it was a life or death situation. And thank goodness the child lived. But that is unacceptable. That is, yeah. that's unacceptable, especially in the healthcare industry, especially if you claim to be a nurse. That is... The treatment of black people, period, in the medical community is really disgusting to be honest i think mm. it's completely horrible and that there's a lot of change that needs to be made which is honestly one of the reasons that i want to be a doctor in the first place to combat that and you know reintroduce the black community to the medical community in a positive way i don't know if you guys know about the tuskegee experiment yeah, yeah. where a bunch of black men were promised i think uh health insurance and exchange for being a part of a syphilis a quote-unquote syphilis treatment trial where real they said that they were giving them drugs to treat syphilis but in real life they weren't and they just wanted to see how the disease progressed in black men versus white men which i think is completely disgusting and it should not have happened but this is one of the injustices that happens in the black community did you know that Black women are three times more likely to die during childbirth. Mm. I'm afraid to give birth. You know, where am I safe in the medical community? Who's going to take care of me? You know, 
And I just think it's really awful that this happens and not a lot of people are aware of it, that this is such an injustice. Like Denton said, a lot of, or Andrew, I don't know, a lot of healthcare professionals and medical students think that black people don't experience pain the same way, which just goes back to the fact that we are not seen as human Mm -hmm. and the same level that people with lighter skin are. We're human, we feel pain. Just because we don't react to it in the same way does not mean that it's not there. Yeah, and you know, I just wanna say before we move on, to my fellow black men listening to this, there is no reason why a black woman who is fighting for, you know, their place in the world, you shouldn't be their adversary. You know, I saw that disgusting video of black men mm. who threw a, a, mm. a black woman in the garbage. How can you how can you call yourself a black man? Mm. How can you sc- go out there scream Black Lives Matter when you're treating black women so terribly? Mm-hmm. Right. And like in everyday life. When 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 people are talking about oh like dating and stuff oh I I, I don't wanna um I, I wouldn't want to date a black woman you know she she's this she's that I would rather you know it's just a preference it's not just a preference right this is your your mother mm. your sister your cousin your 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 fam you have um black relatives you know black woman relatives how are you talking about black women like that when you when you, you Go up and talk to your mama like that. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot it's of crazy. black men are feeling attacked mm. because they feel like, oh, well, I can't be in a relationship with a white woman without being called X amount of names from my own community and from black women. Well, coming from me personally, I don't care what the color of your SO is. I really don't. I care that you're calling me, you know, degrading names. I care that you're telling me that I'm a monkey behind my back. You know, it's it's okay to date outside your race. I have no problem with interracial interracial relationships, but don't use that to put down your own women. Mm, yeah. It's it's disgusting. Alright, so switching gears a little bit, you know, obviously a big part of the problem, you know, in this country has been, you know, the police system and the corruption and the lack of accountability. So, you know, what what, what do you have to say about that, guys? So we want to talk about the police. Let's talk about the police. <laughs> Honestly, you know, um, the police, it's a really uh, controversial topic. Yeah. Like, we all know it's so controversial. And when it comes to, you know, what do we do about the police? I'm sure a lot of people have, like, solid answers for that. But really, I don't because, personally, I didn't grow up with a super negative image of the police. You know, I know a lot of black parents have had, like, quote-unquote, the talk, yeah. like, the black talk mm-hmm. with their kids. But I never got that. Mm, so I got that. Yeah, (laughs) which, you know, like a lot of people do. And I always joke like, oh, my God, I wish I got the talk. Mm -hmm. But I I didn't. um, So, you know, all of this police brutality, when it first came out a couple of years ago, when it was really big in the news, that was really new to me. And I haven't had any really negative experiences with the cops. Um, So for me, I really do research about it i looked up an article you know because when we talk about the police let's talk about defunding the police because that's really what we're trying to push and i found that you know there are two real you know significant interpretations of what defund the police means and the first is like completely abolish the police ban the police force and the second is to reallocate the funds that are being given to the police department So I spoke at a protest, and the example that I gave was, say, 70% of a town's budget is going towards the police department. Well, slash that to 20%, take 50%, and put that into community programs that need the money, like health services, mental health services, athletics, recreation, education. That's really where it needs to go, into the education system. We need more resources to educate ourselves. 
and one thing that I, I thought about the other day was that if if we could reallocate some of that budget to more private investigators, because I've seen so many of these cases where things have have been attempted to be swept under the rug, so many important <laughs> details. So, so there have been so many underlying health conditions. You know, there have been so many suicides that are just clearly that are just blatantly wrong Mm -hmm. and there has been a case where this i I believe it was with a black trans woman and either that no it wasn't oluwatoyans hello i think it was the the case with a black trans woman and the police department tweeted that they are not investigating due to lack of public interest those are the words they use lack of public interest hey i know this person just died but nobody seems to really care so we're not going to do our job you know that that that, that's just how we'll roll you know we need private investigators that are getting paid well to do their job efficiently morally correctly Okay, so y'all, I just have a question for you too. So, you know, with everything that's going in America, that everything that's going on in America now, do you think that we can actually make change in America? And when I say make change, of course, like we're doing legislation and you know, raising awareness for the movement. But do you think that we can get away from the racism that's rooted in America and? live in a world where we're not afraid to get stopped by the cops or you know living in the ghetto or the hood isn't the norm for the black community i mean for me my my honest answer is i honestly don't know and my honest answer is i'd hope so but to give a more fleshed out a more thought about response i would say that if we were to get to that point, and hopefully we will, I feel like that wouldn't be America. And I mean that in the best way possible and the most insulting way possible to America. <laughs> because because this, this culture is so heavily reliant on racism. It's so heavily reliant on white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And, and this white supremacy is so reliant on order law and order above all Uh so if order means that the black community is at the bottom the black community is the prison system and they rely on the prison industrial complex to gain Mm -hmm. more capital and we are such a capitalist nation Mm -hmm. you can see how that ties into white america staying at the top and just the fact that those terms white america and black america are so well used and so well known that is an issue there should be no white or black america there should be america ideally there would be america but this is where we are at that's where we've been at so personally i don't know and i hope so and if we were to get to that point then that would not be america at least the way i view it yeah i mean i'm generally an optimistic person however you know on this issue it's hard because we've been dealing with this for for years centuries. like hundreds of centuries <laughs> um so you know i hope that you know in the future when i you know have a child mm-hmm. when i bring a child into this world that she won't he or she won't have to deal with the same things i do but there's oh like i feel like there's always going to be something mm-hmm. that we have to deal with as mm-hmm. black people in this country um, I was I was actually thinking about um, this one situation I encountered in college. Um, it was around the use of the N word. I was around friends, you know, mixed group, and we were just chilling in in our dorm, listening to music. And a song comes on, I forget what it was, um, with the N word, and this Caucasian, Caucasian female, white, white, girl. Female, <laughs> white, white girl, girl <laughs> um, she sings the word. And I'm like, yo, yo <laughs> what, what you say? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I, I was just repeating what was in the song. It's not, like, I, I'm not, ra- like, I don't see you guys that way. Like, I'm not <laughs> racist. Um, but I had to sit her down. We had to have a conversation. Mm. Like, listen, you shouldn't be saying this word. You know, it has, I had to educate her on, like, the history about it. And, like, it's derogatory, obviously. And a lot of people are hurt by it. Um, when I see that word, 
especially when especially when used with the hard R, it gives mm. it makes my blood boil. It makes me so angry. Um, will that word be used in the future? Like going with this um this idea of you know how things will continue in the future. Language evolves like mm-hmm. everything else. I feel like if it's used less in general, I'm not saying, like, I know a lot of people might say, oh, I don't want, like, just because white people don't understand how not to use it, I shouldn't change my vocabulary. But I'm saying in general, right, if a word is used less, that that's how it would evolve. No one says ratchet anymore. That's 2012, <laughs> right? No one says that word anymore because less people started using it. So, yeah, that's that goes off. That's part of you know, what the points. Yeah, and I I also had some thoughts here. And I, I believe I was watching either some type of stand-up comedian or something when I heard this. And it really puts things into perspective. because And I, I heard this somewhere, so if you hear it somewhere else, this is not me being original. But I, <laughs> I heard somewhere that, say, you, I, I'm a black man. Say I'm with a bunch of white friends and they call their house the white trash cabin. I'm not gonna sit up here and tell my friends, hey, could I hop over to the white trash cabin real quick? You know, that's just because there's there's a word that's within a specific culture, a specific demographic that's that's generally acceptable with that culture. And so if if black people were to claim the N-word as their own, as they have, and keep in mind that this idea of our white trash cabin only we refer to it and it's mutually understood that only these white people refer to it as that and there's that in every culture there's jokes and there's words that are within the community for every culture and if it's the issue is so prevalent it's so pressing that people want to say the n-word the question is why yes what where what what is the drive is it the fact that white people are so used to having everything that when they're told no there's an issue with that is it that it's seen as cool within that black culture and if that's the case then why aren't you trying to fight to preserve that culture you know and also something else about singing it in songs i i read somewhere and it really resonated with me that if if white people were to be saying this word in songs and you tell them hey no 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 you can't do that it's really you could take it as a metaphor as how in black culture you have to watch where you step you have to watch what you say you have to watch what you do even if you're enjoying yourself at a party having the best time at a song you know if if you're white that's just a peek into the life of watching your back no matter what you do you know even if you're singing a song you gotta watch what you say all the time watch when I'm walking down the street, I give a smile and a wave to every single stranger that comes past me because I can't let them see my neutral face. God forbid they see a threat. They got to see my smile first. They got to see my wave. They got to hear that. Hey, how are you? You know, yeah. they have to hear that first. That has to be their first impression. So you, it, it, it could be seen as how you must watch your step always. And on the topic of language, I was having a conversation with um, my friend's father, not father, stepdad, I don't know, something. But he was talking to me about the language of duality and how as black Americans, as black people in general, we are always taught to accommodate the white man. Mm. And I don't just mean white men. It could be a white woman, a white child. We are always taught to accommodate them and the way that we speak. And this is something that I've been trying to combat for myself because I find myself, you know, sometimes not wanting to, you know, have these conversations or, you know, have any type of conversation with white people because I don't want to make the situation uncomfortable. I don't want to make them uncomfortable. And that's something that I'm really trying to get away from. So, for example, like you're talking about the white trash cabin. At school, they had something called the white trash bash. I had no problem saying the white trash bash. Mm -hmm. Because if you can say the N-word during a song, Mm -hmm. I can call it white trash bash, and I can call you a cracker, and I can call you a Karen, and whatever else. Whatever else. 
uh, quote unquote derogatory yeah. names you claim that are being told because at the end of the day none of those terms come from oppression yes the n-word comes from oppression and if as black people we want to reclaim that word we have every right to and i think that white people who feel like um this is so much work for them you know they have to do all this educating themselves you know black people aren't willing to do it for you um, they have to look over their shoulder. They can't just do whatever they want. Get over it. Yeah. You know, I've been having to do that my entire life, and I exactly. will have to do that for my entire life. So if you – and I have to educate myself about my culture, so you can do the same for me if that's really what you want to do. If not, I don't care. Because we share we're taught in school. Exactly. Oh, no we one's teaching us that. in school. Exactly. So for me, I have no sympathy for – using words like white trash x y and z i really don't care because i've had a lot of you know racist experiences where people have been racist towards me and the microaggressive racism because that's what we're talking about language it's really besides the n-word it's really microaggressive racism and i'm just not okay with it and i could care less if being called a cracker offends you yeah, and on the on the topic of microaggressions, I just want to say this real quick. This is just uh, a, a real quick episode. point I made. <laughs> yeah, it could be a whole right? other episode. Uh, there's, I was talking to my friend recently, and he supports Trump, but I was talking to him, and I was discussing with him, and he said, I, w- I was mentioning how Donald Trump said that the, the protesters are thugs, and... I brought that up to him, and I was like, do you understand how this is a call to arms for white people to go out and shoot black people? <laughs> and and yes. and he said, he said, the police aren't, I'm, I'm not reading this off of my phone, this is, this is a paraphrasing, but he said that Donald Trump wasn't referring to black people when he said that, he was referring to actual thugs and the, the rioters, not specifically, specifically black people. And I think that that was most likely his privilege leaking out. Because if you equate racism to only when it is overtly racist or when there is only a mention of race, that's what he said. He didn't meant that. He said he didn't mention race. He just meant the actual thugs. If you equate racism to only when there is a mention of race, then there is a whole whole world waiting for you that you have not seen yet there is a whole world of 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 purse clutching and door locking and street crossing Mm -hmm. and side looks and being followed in stores that is waiting for you so i just have to had to give a quick nod to that yeah i think a lot of black people that live in white areas experience a lot of microaggressions and it's it's one of the what a microaggression is how i explain it the best way that i can um is like when someone says something and you're like hold up that's not right (laughs) and you just have that someone says something and you just got to take a minute you just be like i don't maybe you didn't say the n-word but something about that just felt a little racist yeah that's how i think about it and um when it's not overtly racist, I think a lot of the times we think that it's not valid. Yeah. Um, and I felt this personally a lot in my life. And it's hard work to, you know, realize that my experiences with microaggressive racism and overt racism are just as valid as the other. All right. So, you know, we covered a lot today. But, you know, I guess the overarching thing is where do you guys think we go from here? Like, what is there to do? You know, where where should we as a society focus our energy? You know, so I actually, what prompted me to think about this question a couple of weeks ago was I watched a TikTok, you know, obviously. <laughs> but he was like, I have a question. And he was white, so I was like, who is this man? But he was like, I have a question for all of my protesters. I want you to think about why are you protesting? Why are you out? Why are you protesting? And I was like, you know, that's a really good question. I don't know why I'm protesting. Mm. What am I hoping to gain from being in the streets? What am I trying to do? Because just going to a protest does not equal support for the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. We are trying to make actual change. So it was, and honestly, like, I think 
legislation. That's the only thing that I can think of because, you know, we were talking about, like, do we think that we can actually have this utopian country where everyone is equal and black people are not in danger every second of their lives? So that's really what I think. I think where do we go from here? I'm going to keep signing petitions. I'm going to keep donating to Black Lives Matter movement. I'm going to keep uplifting my community by buying black. I'm going to keep sharing my thoughts about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and sharing my experiences to help young black women that are coming after me that, you know, may be experiencing the same thing because that's what's important you know this movement didn't start with us and this movement isn't going to end with us so mm-hmm. we need to lay the framework we need to write the blueprint for the people that are coming next to make sure that they don't let this movement die out and not that it died out after you know the civil rights movement but you know this is a new like Wait. yeah it's a new yeah. gen yeah. z yeah. type of modern movement which is really great but we need to keep this evolving of black lives matter to mm. you know stay relevant yes, and yes. not let it you know be so buried mm. you know we yeah. shouldn't have videos of killing black people up on the vid up on the internet bring us out of our shells mm. you know that shouldn't be the reason that we now speak up about yeah. injustices happening in our community i think on the topic of where to go next one on Samara's point about legislation, uh, one thing that jumped out to me is that we should have more people of color in power. Yes, because yes. Yep. and and this isn't just to say because they're black. It's to say because they will not tolerate, or hopefully they would not tolerate the mm-hmm. the breaking and the loopholes and the mm-hmm. the tomfoolery Mm -hmm. that some of these current politicians and some of these governors and police chiefs and medical examiners and coroners are currently doing so i think using your vote to get more people of color in power for me recently i've been looking at amani over in new brunswick and i've been looking at learning more about aoc and like it's it's just such a difference compared to these people that don't understand clowns. what yeah like what what we want people that don't understand basic human rights and exactly. basic human decency and like what the call for the movement is yes. like i think a mayor of some town was like we're gonna paint a black yes. lives matter mural in front of the trump tower that's not what i asked for i yes. asked you to arrest and convict the murderers of brianna taylor and you couldn't even do that yes so before you go painting pictures why don't you arrest the people that shot an unarmed black woman in her bed yes and on especially if it it, it boils my blood that a mayor would do this because these big corporations um, of, of course, they have some say in lawmaking. They have money. This is America. But these corporations can't exactly go out and change laws as they will. So if, if they if they want to change Aunt Jemima's face, go ahead. Do your thing, girl. <laughs> but when a mayor sits up here and says, yeah, let's go paint a picture to support Breonna Taylor. Woohoo, Black Lives Matter. Like, that's <laughs> not going to fly. You're the mayor. You have the power. Yeah. And you know you have the power because you're doing this. So if you understand the problem and you have the power and you're aware of the change that needs to be made what is stopping you yeah. mm-hmm. that's what i do not understand it's politics people care about they care about the positions mm. more than the actual people yes you know mm-hmm. i read something that said um no it was in 13th um 95% of prosecutors are white mm. and one in 3 black men or what the, it was either one in 3 or one in 5 fill up the like are in jail mm-hmm. three three how are white people putting black people in jail what does that sound like what does that sound like to you <laughs> you and, can't deny it you really can't deny and it. when they're in jail they can't vote and they oh. may still vote your and, 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 vote they still, and they still may be taxed and they have to do physical mm-hmm. labor mm-hmm. for a couple cents a day. What does that sound like? What does that imagine? Imagine. <laughs> think about how much of our black population is in prison 
and think about how much of those can't vote and now think about if all of us could vote the change we would have imagine imagine one in three one in three two more votes if your vote you have two more votes as a black human that aren't being used imagine i know that's not exactly what that equates to but come on you understand yeah so um i know a lot of allies are asking like what can i do to be a part of this movement and to help other than you know uh donating and signing petitions you know they want to start conversations with people but they don't know how actually my friend reached out to me was like how do i start a conversation and honestly the best advice that i could give you is to ask questions and in that process educate yourself whenever i have conversations especially about black lives matter and about black culture in general i always ask questions because i know that i don't know everything i don't even know close to everything and the goal for this type of movement is to educate ourselves about our history as black people and for our allies to educate themselves about our culture and also the history of america because that's really that's where we are you know so i think that asking questions asking your family asking your friends asking people that don't believe the same as you questions about why they believe that so we can really get to the root of the issue because everyone has a reason to believe what they believe yeah i think in terms of what you can do to support my mom actually told me this like last night or something thanks mommy but she uh she said that we need to start sending physical letters, you know, because email, email, emails and petitions are cool. And it has shown that they've worked unless the public lacks interest. Yeah. But <laughs> if we were to flood an inbox with physical letters, you know, I think that that has some some type of power as opposed to emails, you know. And also, if you're going to send emails, how many email accounts do you have? Are you going to send one email and be done? Or are you going to take that message and send it from every single one of your emails? That's just something to think about. I mean, it has to be continual. You can't, this is like, like we said before, this is not a trend. In your everyday lives, you have to apply this, Mm -hmm. right? This movement cannot stop. Mm -hmm. It cannot stop. And you can't be discouraged just because other people aren't like fighting for you know the black lives yes. black lives matter movement or you know your instagram feeds going back to normal so uh, maybe i should you know post mm. a selfie instead of this um it real change will happen when we continually pound on the issue yes we can't give up we cannot stop we have to continue fighting also for our allies what i would recommend if you see a black person getting or a person of color getting pulled over if it, I understand not everybody got the time, but if you got the time, if you don't have a pressing issue, pull over, stop the car, get your camera out, record, let these officers know that they are being watched. Yeah. Don't let them use their security, see their, their body cam isn't working or they had an issue with it. I saw this one video, there was a lady being kicked out of a store and the officer, he attempted to turn his body camera off. That Somebody else was filming, but you can see him fidgeting with the body camera, <laughs> trying his best to turn it off. Let these officers know that they are being watched because they must be watched. That's what this requires. My question is, if you're committing an act where you feel like you have to turn off your body camera, why are you doing that? Why, are you doing why don't that? you just think, well, hey, maybe I shouldn't be doing this or else I'm going to get fired instead of saying, ah, I kind of want to do this. Let me turn off my body camera. The only thing that's holding me accountable for my actions. Mm. Oh, they're not being held accountable. Yeah. Oh, that's they're what I'm about to say. Yeah. They're, they're getting right. away with you're it. Right. They've seen right. so many even cases. Even with the body cams. Even even where, with the body where people have been getting the away cams. with yep. these mm-hmm. different things. You're they right. think it's okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, talking about educating yourselves, we, uh, the three of us kind of came up with a list of different movies and books to read um to just educate yourselves about our history and about the black lives matter movement so some of the movies that i came up with were becoming by michelle obama and i think this is 
even for black people, these are great movies to watch. Becoming by Michelle Obama is probably one of my favorites. I think it's a great movie and it's great to see a black woman, a black woman as a first lady of the United States and everything that she's doing to empower other young black women is incredible. I really love that movie. I cried throughout probably the entire thing. Um, Barry is about Barack Obama. It's not my favorite, but it's pretty good. There's Madam C.J. Walker, which is about the first self-made black um, millionaire. There's Fruitvale Station, which is about police brutality, which is a tough movie to watch. Uh, for colored girls, um, Trigger Warning, that's a very um, triggering movie to watch. But it's very good. I think it really opens up your eyes to the plights of the black women, which is always important to educate yourselves about because most of you are not black women. So, you know, educate yourself about us. Burning Sands is about like hazing in black fraternities. Trigger Warning with Killer Mike um, and Get on the Bus. It's about a group of black men driving to a mil to the million man march in washington dc and so i i still need to work on my film game because i'm gonna <laughs> be real my attention span i gotta work on it but i know i gotta educate myself personally what i've watched i've watched malcolm x on netflix it has been so educational it was so informative and we don't learn about that in school what we learn in school is there were bad things going on MLK Jr. said, no, thank you. There were no bad things going on. <laughs> so we got to work on that. We yeah. got to take it upon ourselves to learn about these things. Mm-hmm. I also have watched... I'm having a brain fart. Let me get to the names. Okay, so I also have a couple articles or a couple books, poems. I have Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. I haven't read the whole book. I've read an excerpt and I've really dug into that excerpt. And it has some great, great depiction of the African-American condition in America and the portrayal of the African-American by white America. Let America Be America Again by Langston Hughes. This one is on the shorter side and it is very powerful because it is... Langston Hughes portraying the voices of the unheard. It is the masses against the one man that has never seen the great America. We are hearing very often, make America great again. It was never great for me. It was never (laughs) America for me. And that's what Langston Hughes is portraying with Let America Be America Again. Mm -hmm. Um, Dear Dr. Butts by Langston Hughes. This it's not not it's not exactly on the topic of black lives matter it's more on the topic of oh i know x y and z is happening but you know it's on the topic of oh of course there are these bad things going on in the world but there's other things that we can focus on and that but is so so uh, what, what what's the word i'm looking for I, I can only think of oppressive and demeaning yeah. and belittling. Yeah. Belittling yeah. is the word. That yeah. butt is so belittling. So we have to figure out how to get rid of that butt mm-hmm. because that butt should not be necessary. Mm-hmm. And I, too, the, the poem is called I, comma, T-O-O. I don't see forget who this is by. I should have written it down. But I think it's Langston Hughes also. I have a lot of things to Langston Hughes. But it's such a great short poem about how we are hidden how black america is hidden in favor of the white society that is created and the elitist white society against the hidden shunned black society and then there's also 13th um it's a documentary mainly about the prison industrial complex um and how the 13th amendment a lot of you don't well some people might not know it has a loophole essentially making slavery legal um, in, you know, the modern day. And, you know, it's something that we're going back to talking about legislation. An amendment has to be passed to, you know, make slavery illegal because it is still legal today, mm-hmm. you know, technically speaking. And then also we have Dear White People. It's, it's more of a, it's like a college show. Um, there's a situation where, 
um, a girl, oh, I don't want to spoil too much about it, but like, <laughs> a girl has a radio show and it's called, like, obviously called Dear White People and she's talking about different issues um, that people like her face on campus. I think that um, TV show is really important um, as a part of this list because it's kind of just a TV show about black college students at uh, PWI, which is a predominantly white institution. Um, it's supposed to be an Ivy League. And, you know, it's just like, it's, it talks about important issues, but it's a fun TV show. And then some of the things that I've read was I just recently read Letter from a Birmingham Jail by Martin Luther King. And that was really an important letter for me to read. One of the things that stood out to me was him talking about the white moderate, mm. you know, just and unjust laws. How order is favored over reason. Mm -hmm. And um, he also talked about nonviolent tension. So I'm not going to say much about that because I just think it's really important to read. I also read The Invisible Man. I read all of it, and I can say that it's a great book to read. Uh, the Color Purple is also important to read. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I don't I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, if you're going to take one thing off of this list, for me, it was 13th. Yeah. That changed my world. Yeah, yeah. Seeing how there's still, how, how the prison industrial complex is so unjust, it's so immoral, mm -hmm. and it's basically slavery. Yeah. It, yeah. So if anybody's want to please watch 13th, if you can watch anything. But of course, all the things that we've mentioned before, educate yourself. You want to know how to help if you're an ally, educate yourself you want to know how to educate yourself if you're on our team if you're in the black family take a look take take a listen back re rewind this and educate yourself take the time because it is so worth it yeah, and if you know about the prison industrial complex my first recommendation would be becoming because mm -hmm. i just think it's incredibly inspirational especially for young black women to watch michelle obama and just have a little window into her life yeah and i recently heard that she's um i learned that she was she's the most educated first lady in mm -hmm. history so. Black women are winning. Yes, yes sir. Yes, yes ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma <laughs> so, you know, there's no excuses. You know, there, no there are so many resources to, to, you know, reach out to. And I want to thank my, my guests today, Tamara and Denton, for joining me today. Um, we Thanks had, for having us. Of yeah. course. Of course. We had a very productive conversation. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for listening to Genuine Radio.